Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave Podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I have my very good friend, Shantae Cofield. You may know her as the Movement Maestro on Instagram. She is an incredible colleague who has been a great example of somebody who started as a practitioner and has really evolved their career into serving the online business world. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is making a pivot and how we can do more as coaches and practitioners to get our message out there in a fun, relatable way and help grow our message, our movement and use our brain in a really, I guess, fun way to help more people. So Shante, thank you so much for being here. Homie, always my pleasure. It's been too long since we've done this like officially on the record. So thank you for setting it up. I appreciate you. Oh yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing with us, like you're a great facilitator and I'm a great shower upper. (laughs) And I feel like that's exactly how our friendship started at CSM. How many years ago you were like, Hey, here's my phone number. Come meet me in the lobby. And I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. I'll be there. She did it. Yeah. She actually (laughs) did it. I'm like, Oh, okay. She like did it. I know. And that kicked off our friendship and, uh, we've, I feel like we've grown up together in this space with our coaching and teaching and social media and just like like like-hearted audiences. Dude, I think that you just hit the nail on the head there. You've grown up together. Like, I I don't think I even realized that before, but yes, that's exactly what's happened. And I think that's why even we don't, you know, talk every day or anything like that, but it's still, you grow up with somebody, you're like, no matter what, call me tomorrow. It's like nothing. We never skipped a beat. So yeah, spot totally. on. You, I mean, you know, I'll, t- I'll paragraph text message you. That, like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, I'm aware. <laughs> and I also know that I can't call you or you will throw your phone. I have yeah, to yeah. give you a heads up first. <laughs> so. And I appreciate it. I feel so seen because then when you do call, I'm like, of course, pick up because right. it's a two-way street there. I was like, it's the best ever. It's the best. I know. I, I do try to keep in mind, like, don't throw myself out there on you too much, but give you a little bit of warning, but I'm so glad that, so glad that we have each other and that we've navigated some growth together. And, you know, that's what I want to talk about today because even very recently you've really evolved and pivoted. So just tell us a little bit about your background and how you've recently kind of transitioned your, your business and your efforts. Sure thing. So for folks out there that don't know me, I am a physical therapist by trade. I graduated 10 years ago, went into the field, was very quickly disenchanted with the model and everything and found or jumped into both social media to combat my own burnout. Um, I really kind of discovered it because of of CrossFit. I started doing stop running marathons. I'm, I'm really more so built for running marathons, quite frankly, but stopped that and started CrossFit. And because of CrossFit was led down the path of, so, of Instagram because I wanted to learn more. And that kind of led me down the path of Kelly Starrett, um, Wad Doc, and saw them doing videos. And I was like, I could do this and started my brand just to get my own ideas out there. No, it wasn't even a brand per se. I just started a thing and had a name because both of them had like 
monikers. So I was like, okay, I'll be the movement maestro. Actually, it was the movement mechanic originally. And then I changed it because it was copyrighted or patented or whatever. So I <laughs> trademarked. So I, I switched and just started putting videos and stuff out to combat my own burnout, to share my ideas with whoever was willing to read them. You know, I'm the oldest of four, but basically an only child because my next closest sibling was eight years old. And so I think I grew up just like, you know, with the spirit of Cade and just being able to entertain myself and be like, I, I will just talk to myself and full send. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so put out videos and, and content because I was like, if you want to read it, cool. If not, I'm going to put it out anyway. And it evolved and became this, this brand. And I was very much stumbling through it and just putting out what resonated with me and what I thought would help people. I didn't have a clear vision of things. You know, digital business, it's been around, but like it wasn't, it's like, it wasn't a thing in the PT space. So I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to put some stuff out and here we go. And then people started reaching out and asking me for help in terms of the like, treatment side. And I was like, okay, I can, you know, do some consults with you. Um, never going into it being like, oh, I'm going to do digital consults or remote consults. It was never anything. I just was looking to answer the questions that my people had. And that was one of their questions. And so I was really into the movement space. That was my thing. That's how I got started and thought my audience would be CrossFitters. They did not pick me. Um, and I see why, because the language I was using, <laughs> and uh, thankfully, actually, and other providers picked me as you know a go-to resource. And so I just kept going with that and really built my platform off of movement, right? the movement maestro. And most recently, I have pivoted into the digital business space because that is my passion. I love it. When I was really passionate about movement, that's what I was posting about, five years of it. And I tried to pivot before and my people weren't quite ready. And I think, you know, I wasn't quite ready. I wasn't ready to double down on it, but I am now. And that's what uh, I've done. So, you know, I think, you know, what Bree's referencing is, you know, the recency of it. it really hasn't been that long, maybe the past two, three weeks. Um, when I was like, this is what I'm doing. I was dabbling before, I was sprinkling it in there, but still doing movement stuff. In the past two, three weeks, I was like, I'm going on TikTok, I'm making videos, mm -hmm. and we're going to start talking about online business because that's been my passion. That's what I've been doing. That's been really what's bringing in a lot of my income is coaching people just behind the scenes. And so yeah. now I'm bringing it to the forefront. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that because I think it's so scary to put yourself out there to do something new and yet that's part of our growth process anyway. We're all evolving anyway. So I, I feel like there's so many times, you know, I have so many different coaches that go through my coach course and are like, okay, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. I want to help this population. I want to start a small business or I want to do this sort of on the side. And I have no idea how to actually take that next step because it's scary. It's kind of intimidating to do something new and different or that doesn't necessarily have a clear path. Yeah, it is for sure. I think part of it is for me, not jumping in. I wanna, what I mean by that is I feel that I've always had a safety net and I encourage people to create their own safety net uh, when you're looking to do new things. And to me, that kind of takes away some of the scariness of it. Yes. Some of it's always going to be there because it's uncertain. You haven't done that exact thing before. But if you know like you're not going to die, it becomes that much easier. Like, you know, related to sports, whatever, and like, that concept of a safety net, like you're far more likely, I'm not trying to jump off of anything ever, but you're far more likely to like be doing trapeze stuff if there's something underneath you to catch you. Otherwise, right. you're like, I'm not letting go of this because I might die. 
Right. You know, we take that into business. And it's like when I moved into more of the like doing my own stuff, I didn't do it with no safety net in place. I left my full time job and I had just gotten a job with Rock Tape. And I was like, I will figure out how to make it work. But I was still getting some income from this other entity. It wasn't like, I don't know, I'm just quitting and like, I'll figure it out. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that model, but that's not my model. You know, I, I, I'm of the school of thought of make it a little bit less scary by having some other things in place, especially when you're starting out on a new venture, because if this is like your passion project and suddenly you have to make money from it, you have to make ends meet from, you know, with it, you, you're very easy to lose your passion for it. And you're just like, I hate this thing. Now it's a burden. So right. I, I think when we're looking to, to branch out and do new things, the best, one of the best things you can do is set yourself up and have that safety net in place, whatever that looks like. And I'm not saying wait forever to do the thing, but have some sort of safety net in place and then take those steps forward. Absolutely. I think there's so much to be said for being really strategic. It doesn't have to be this all or nothing effort. Like you can start very small, very conservatively. I say like, we'll take on just one client. That doesn't mean you have to start a full online or like remote coaching business. Or if you're not comfortable, you know, putting out a whole series like a six week series or coaching a class or opening a gym, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be this like dramatic choice. You know, it can be something that you kind of build into. And I remember years ago, so this was close to about six years ago when I thought, well, I'm not coaching at the collegiate level anymore. I think I still need to coach though. I need to do something. Okay. I'm going to coach twice a week. Okay, cool. Any money I make from that is going back into anything I do with this. And that way, I I mean, I never fortunately have gone into debt in my business where Mm -hmm. I never felt like, oh, I'm taking away from my family or this is selfish or whatever. Obviously there are so many different circumstances out there for starting. And so I want to put that out there. This is just what I'm sharing. My situation is because it wasn't like a, a full fledge, like crossing that line. It, it can be a very gradual step over into building something. Amen. I think it's super important that people hear that. And I love it. You know, that's the message that you spend. You've always sent that. Another, you know, one of the million reasons that we get along, <laughs> those shared values. Right. And it was like being at that time, it was, I was so happy to make $200 a month. Yes. I'm like, you know oh, what? Yes. I can, I guess I get to go coach and I didn't have to put in that much work. I was, it was fun for me to be there and it was enjoyable. And then I was okay making that. And then the next month, you know, Oh, 200, $300 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and now I'm building into that. And then it became a lot easier to put it back into continuing education where I was then learning to better support the people I was coaching. And then just eventually just building it from the groundwork that was put in when, when it was sort of a question mark. And I think it's okay to to give yourself that permission to not be 100% sure, but to try. Uh, I love that you're giving people, you know, recommending, suggesting, whatever, highlighting this concept of celebrate your wins. I, I will not lie. And I love that you just brought that up as well. Like the different circumstances and how some, you know, for certain people, things may be easier and such. I do believe that I hit the market, if you will, at a good time. Not as many people were doing it. Not that that was like, oh, you know, because people say the market's saturated. I do not believe that. But I didn't have anyone to try and compare myself to. And I think that's a big sticking point for people. The fact that you could celebrate making $200 a month is huge. People don't do that now. People launch a product and get upset that they didn't have a five-figure launch or a four-figure launch and they just started. Right. I was just talking to 
you know, Jill Coleman about this the other day, we were on a hike. And it's quite, kind of offensive that people are in day one of their business, month one, and they're just like expecting these results that that's not what happens. Right. I get if you've started, if this business that you have, you're starting it either from a place of desperation or you like need a quick cash injection, you want these numbers and you're like really banking on these numbers. And so it may be hard to celebrate these small, quote unquote, small wins. Try to have that safety net where this thing that you are enjoying and trying to grow and trying to figure out if you want to do isn't the, the be all end all in your sole source of income because you have to be able to celebrate those those wins, those initial wins and build on that and have that momentum. You know, a championship team doesn't isn't just born on the first day. Absolutely. I think what another important piece is it doesn't really matter what we know because like a lot of us, yeah, I went to school for this. I did that. Like I know all these things. But that doesn't really matter unless your audience knows what you know and that you've like put that out there consistently so that you're showing them that you're actually providing something that they need that they can trust. And it's not about necessarily your credentials or anything. It's just, you can't expect somebody to buy from you or to trust you or to go up, go to your practice or whatever without them having any context about who you are, what you do and why you do it. You have to be able to click and put that out into the world for them to you know, connect with and resonate with. And that shit takes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if you can curse. That yeah, stuff no, yeah. takes, like, oh God, uh, that takes time. I hit right. the nail on the head there. Like that is so huge. And people think that, okay, I have this degree. I have this great product. I have this great course, whatever. People are going to want it now. Absolutely right. not. That doesn't mean anything. And that's, you know, exactly what Bree just said. It's about the connection. Jill says all the time, People buy coaches, not coaching. It's mm-hmm. not really, and just like Bree said, not what you know. Do these people trust you? Have you invested in them? Have you shown up for them right. over and over and over again? Have you right. given over and over again? All right, now they're ready to you know, reinvest in you. And that takes time. Right, right. And it's just coming back to, you know, we coaching is the most holistic career, right? We can, we can apply it in so many different ways, but we have to like really just like, yeah, it's all about developing the people that you're working with and then they buy into you and the culture and the system and the team, whatever it might be. Once you've proven that you're willing to get into the trenches with them. Every, all of life is a big sports analogy. And I love that you and I kind of like battle that out. (laughs) It's the easiest for me to understand. It's like, that's my language. Absolutely. Totally. So what's the main struggle you see for people trying to take their business online or just trying to grow their efforts, whether it's in the clinic or in the gym that they're coaching at? Like what, what theme do you sense with them being like pretty common? I think one of the biggest things is consistency and it becomes really difficult for people to continuously and consistently do the thing, whatever the thing is, whether the thing is fun, it's typically easier if the thing is fun, mm-hmm. um, but definitely if the thing is not fun and you know, that ties back into what we, were, what we were saying before and just showing up and providing that value over and over and over again, especially when in the beginning, no one may be listening mm-hmm. and nobody may know about you. And that can be really tough. And I think for many people, and when I, when I coach, this is one of the things you establish right from the jump, is what is your why? If you're doing this thing just to make more money, you will stop doing this thing because the ROI for many things may be good, but it's usually not quick. And so if you don't have that, 
suddenly you're like, well, I got into this to like make more money. I'm not making more money. I'm going to stop. When in reality, you won't make more money probably for a while. Mm-hmm. But when someone's why is something like, and I think this is the majority of your audience, when they, someone has a why of like, because I don't want anyone else to say, I wish I had known. I mm-hmm. think, you know, you said that to me years ago, and it's one of the most powerful things, and it stuck with me. That's a huge, deep why, and that will keep you going when no one shows up. That will keep you going when no one buys your first product. That will keep you going when someone, you know, is like, calls you out and just like, you know, turns their nose right. up at you or whatever, <laughs> because you have that deeper why. So to me, if you want to succeed at anything, just keep going. That's it. Because the majority of people stop. Like we tend to think of this is the one place where we, uh, you know, it differs from sport is that life and business is not a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody wins and somebody loses. In, in sports, yes, we have, and I like that. I think that's very important. I don't like <laughs> this tie nonsense, like somebody wins, right? right. But in, in business and in life, it's not zero-sum game. Everybody can win. The thing that separates people is just who kept going. And it really isn't so much, you know, if we do want to link it back into sports and the CrossFit, it's not about who comes out the gate the hottest because we've seen those people at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I'll see you in round three, homie. And right. they're dead. It's who keeps going. And, you know, many people don't. I love that we're on a podcast right now. Everybody starts a podcast. <laughs> Very few people keep a podcast going. You want to yeah. succeed? Just keep going. No, I love it. I think, you know, so many of the coaches, you know, we have such a variety of people, right, that are applying this information with pregnancy and postpartum athleticism to their community, to online, to their practice, whatever it might be. And, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I only have like one or two people signed up for this class, or it's really hard to make connections in my community, or I can't really seem to get people to work with me online or whatever it might be. And I think one one point of that about the keep going and remembering your why is also the self-awareness to like really take that as some feedback instead of getting so discouraged and say like, Oh God, like this isn't for me or this isn't, it's just not working. And it's like, well, is the time of day, right? For the, for Mm -hmm. your target audience for class is the season of life. Like, are you trying to teach a summer class for moms? Like that's probably not a great time, you know, like let's really look at all of these details and variables that are surrounding your effort and say, how can we refine it to either complement you better or to complement your target audience better? And that's both online and in person. That's something that I see come up all the time. And it's super discouraging. You only get one person signed up or you, your clientele dips, whatever it might be. You feel like you did something wrong when really it's just like, we have to look at that feedback. And those variables and say, all right, what can I manipulate here to do it differently? Dude, this is sports right there. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, we talked about the other day where something happens. Do you take it personally? If some of you have a bad pass, if you lose a game, is it that you say, I am a bad person? I'm not worthy? Or is it that you say, hey, what can I do better? Right. Plain and simple. The people that say, I'm a bad person, you really, really struggle with business. The people who you know, there's three categories there. I think people that just say, I'm a bad person, you're going to struggle. The people on the way other side, they were like, well, it was the ref and it was everything else. And they're not actually like reevaluating what they could, what they could have done. And they don't take the ownership. They're going to struggle as well. We want to go in the middle of that group. That's like, all right, what did we learn from this? It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I could do better. Let's get some feedback. Let's practice these things. Let's fill in the gaps and let's go forward. 
that's what we want to see. Yes. I love it. I love all the analogies, you know, and you know, (laughs) it's why practice brave is such a central theme of not just like my lifestyle, but really of business and so connected to what so many of us as coaches and practitioners are really trying to put out there and entrepreneurs are really trying to do because it's not an easy process. It's not just be brave. And I was like, we've got to practice that. Mm -hmm. And that means Mm -hmm. you're going to mess up. You're going to get some feedback and you have to be really resilient. I love that mantra so much. The practice brave. I love that. It's just so good. It's so good. I mean, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. So what, okay. What is a good and like realistic starting point when it comes to sharing content, trying to put your business out there? Like what's a good place to start? I would say I want to give actionable steps. Three things that you need to establish before or roughly try and establish before. And I think it'll help you keep going. Number one, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Why do you want, why do you want to put out content? What, do you, what, what is your why? Is it because like Brie had said, you never want someone to ever say again, I wish I had known. Like, what, what are you doing this? Number two, who do you help? Number three, what do you help them with? Number two and number three will likely change. And that's totally fine. If they don't, that's fine too. But in terms of trying to, and I don't want to, I don't want to, it's definitely not a hack by any means, but in terms of just trying to be a bit more focused from the beginning, if you can at least think about those three things, I think you're better off. I had a very strong why from the beginning. I had uh, an audience who I thought I, you know, I thought I helped CrossFitters and I thought I was going to help them with like their pain, their mobility, you know, being better at CrossFit. That was my, who do I help? And that was my why. That changed tremendously and other people found me, but I do think that it will make the whole process a bit easier if from the jump, you know your why, you know who you're, who you're roughly trying to help and what you're trying to help them with. This way you're like, I'm just making content for Jane. I'm making content for Joe, you come up with this person and you're like, what do they need help with? What have they been asking me about? And then you go with that. Yes, things change. They evolve. That's totally fine. But just as a, you know, a tangible starting point, that's what I would recommend. Yeah. And like, what kind of content do you think is like an easy first step? Is it like, let's do a picture of yourself Mm -hmm. or of the environment you're in, or maybe of a client, or is it a teaching point? Like, how do you, how do you think that that yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to ask. Like, no, what's totally a good starting place? Yeah, well, start. <laughs> totally. I totally get it. And I think it's going to depend. And I hate that like PT answer. It depends. Um, I <laughs> but I do want some self-reflection with this and think about what's easiest for you to do. So right. what really grew my platform was I started doing these daily maestroisms. And I started doing it because I looked at what other people were doing that was, just, that was successful. So again, some critical thinking, some market research. I'm like, what's out there? What's working? And you don't want to copy it exactly, but you know, why reinvent the wheel here? Let's see what's, what's working. So I noticed that Tim, Tim, Saman, I must have Tim Ferris. No, Tim Samansky and Kelly Sturette were doing a video every day. They did project 365 and they had the mobility project. They were doing something every single day. And I was like, all right, what seemed, what I took from that was I need to show up every day. It wasn't that I needed to show up that way. I just need to show up every day. And I was like, what would be easy and sustainable for me? And I was like, I could totally create a graphic with words on it and then explain it in the caption. And I'm going to commit to doing this for at least a year. 
I ended up doing a thousand of them. So I ended up posting every day for a thousand days. But that was for me, you know, I would I already started Instagram before them. But in terms of like what ended up for what I believe ended up being really strategic and really launching things was the consistency that I was able to put forth with something that I enjoyed doing and something that I knew I could do every day. If you were like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna put a video out, but that's like really hard for you and you really don't like video, well then don't start there because you're gonna stop. I think that we I think that we champion struggle a little bit too much in our 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 society. You know, there's a time and a place for it, but I don't think everything has to be a struggle. I think there's a lot of value in being like, what comes easily? What am I good at? Okay. Take that low hanging fruit. It's okay. (laughs) I don't know. People get like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, what? Start there. So for those, you know, the concrete, the short answer, um, I'm not very good at brevity. Uh, The short answer is what comes most easily to you? What could you do? What's sustainable? Start there. I think sustainable is is so key. You know, it's just what is actually going to make sense. And then knowing if you feel called to share something or write something, just just freaking do it. Like just do do it. it. Just you know? do it. I see so many people stifling and stopping their creativity because they're like, oh, I just really good idea, but like I should share it on Monday or like I need to put in this thing. And I'm like, put that thing out right now. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about being super strategic when you're just starting. And even if you're not just starting, don't worry about that. Right. Work on building a habit first. So just get started and then we can totally refine it later. Don't stop your creativity because guess what? It's going to be hard to find it again later. So if you have it right now, run with it. Love it. Can you give me three-ish strategies or like suggestions for showing up better online with your audience, really like engaging with them? Yes. Okay. Me, uh, I'm writing it down. When I, do, when I hop on podcasts, I write as I go so that I don't forget because sometimes I get a little long-winded to tell a story and I'm like, what the hell was I even? Well, and then you combine both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, goodness. Talking about Kate suddenly. I'm like, wait a minute. What was I even saying? I know. I know. It, it happens. So three <laughs> strategies, three rough ones. Number one, listen. You have to listen. And Brie hit it in, on the head earlier. Are you listening to what it's what your people are saying. You may have the best product in the world, you think, but if it doesn't land with them, it doesn't matter. If you're not speaking their language and you're not speaking in a way that resonates with them, that's digestible by them, it doesn't matter. So you, if it's not their biggest problem, it doesn't matter. So you need to be listening to your people. Marketing, creating stuff, it's not about you. It's about your people. So first and foremost, or I should say first, last, and always, Listen, 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 listen. Second thing, calls to action. I'm going to call it calls to interaction. So from a very like you know strategic side of things, when you're posting, when you're doing stories, when you're writing emails, don't just broadcast. You need to encourage and invite interaction from your people. At the end of that caption, ask them to do something. Ask them a question. Get into your stories do polls, do questions, and really invite that interaction. Show people that you are a human. I see it missed a lot with emails um, where there's no actual, like, it's just a broadcast and it's not like there's no conversation to be had Mm -hmm. there. So invite that interaction. You have to initiate that. You have to be a leader there. Uh, But that's a huge way that you will facilitate that that, community and, and engagement side of things. Uh, and then I think this one kind of ties into that is lead. 
you have to lead by example. I really encourage people to share their joy, share themselves, share themselves authentically. Um, a good friend of mine shared this with me a few years ago. We attract what we are, not what we want. And so if you're looking for community, if you're looking for this engagement, you have to do that first and foremost. You have to create this environment. Just look at what, what Bri has done and the environment that she's created. And you, you want to show up in the same way. Like she is practicing brave. And so everyone else is that much more likely to do that. So leading by example and doing the things that you want your people to be doing and showing up the way that you want your people to be showing up. Absolutely. I think there's so much to be said about like building a culture within what you put out there. It's not necessarily even like within your product or, you know, your business. Yes. But it's also just like, I want people to know me and know exactly what they're going to get and know my vibe and then know like my circle of people that I trust so that if there's no, yes, there's no facade, you know, I think that's not authentic. And I think that I have any success I've had is because I have been maybe too real, you know, like brutally honest and, you know, willing to connect and have hard conversations and learn more and not be satisfied with just basic generic stuff. Like the fluffy stuff is not, I don't want that. I want some substance from people, you know? And like, that's what I think helps businesses and people put their, like, really get the momentum and the success measured in a lot of ways. I think it's really important to show up how you want to show up, not how you think you're supposed to show up. You know, it's kind of circling back to what I said earlier. Yes. Look around and see what's quote unquote working, but then make sure you're showing up authentically practice brave and show up as your authentic self. One of the drills that I do with some of the coaching groups and such, or when I go to speak is uh, this concept, this idea of marketing or branding, excuse me, marketing, this idea of branding, right? And I tell people, I'll ask them, I'm like, tell me what you think a hotel that is designed by Nike or a hotel that was designed by Apple would look like. What would the experience be like? Neither of those companies has a mm-hmm. hotel, but people would come up with something. I, I give the two options, you know, Nike or, because it's trying to, you know, incorporate as many people as I can there. People can come up with that hotel. That is your brand. I, so I want to know, like I, I know what your hotel, I, I have a vision of what your hotel would have in it and what the experience would be like, because that's your brand. And I know what to expect, even if it's something that hasn't been created yet. Yes. That is branding. And that's what I want everyone to be doing. And if you put yourself in everything you do and you show up authentically, people will already know. They're like, well, what would your hotel will be like? They already know. It was really funny. Like, I got the cat. We saw him before we started. <laughs> and bef- when I first got him, I did a picture and people were like, that's going to be a cool cat. And they already like knew, like they had this like a, you know, vision of what Rupert and his funny name would be like. That's building a brand. That's what I want for every single person who's thinking about starting a business because it's, it's more than a business. I, you, know, you, you embody this. And one of the many reasons I love you is that there's no such thing to me as work-life balance. This is your life's work. My mentor, Allison, told me that. And I was like, yes, it doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, sacrificing my life for this thing. It just means that it's all in the same because how you do anything is how you do everything. It's all the same. Right. And like, 
we want this. I want yes. this for my life. I, yes. I choose this. I want it. It's not a burden. Sometimes it's hard to figure out how to mm-hmm. freaking juggle it. And I mean, I recorded a podcast on like juggling motherhood <laughs> and business and all this stuff because it's it's not easy, but I want this every day. And I will never yeah. not want to do something that like lights this kind of fire and does good work. It's fulfilling, you know? That's it. It goes back to that why. That's just what keeps you going. I remember when you did your first iteration of your coaching program and you were talking about, because I hadn't put a program out yet and that you were talking about, you're like, yeah, I like recorded it on a countertop in between naps of my, you know, my son's app. And I was just like, I get it. And that's, yeah. that's yes. One, I want to be friends with this person forever, but like, yes, this is the embodiment of this is your life's work and you figure it out. And it's not, it doesn't mean it's easy. That little bullshit of like, you'll never work a day in your life. That's a, that's a lot. Right. You're going to work every day of your life, <laughs> but you want to do it. Right. It goes back to that. Why? And it's just like, yes, this excites me. And yes, there will be the down days, but overall you're like, yes, this, this is it. Right. And it's stepping away from like, well, it has to be perfect for oh, me to geez. be able to put it out there. And like, no, like oh. I, I'll just, I will never forget launching, you know, my first online products. And it's, it's so cringeworthy now to think back at like what, Uh how they looked and how I did it. And it was just so like, God, it was just put together like such a hot mess, which is so on brand for me. But like, really, I had no idea how to run an online business. I didn't know about online, you know, products and courses, but I had a message. I had information. I needed to put it out there to the audience that was trusting me. And it's like, They were okay with that. Even if I was, I'm cringing about it now. At the time, it was, I am so grateful that I just went with it and it was good enough. And it ended up being great because it started as good enough. That's, Rona is showing up to everybody. And, (laughs) you know, people are realizing how much they value connection and how much they value straight shooters and how much they value realness. One of the things, you know, tying into we track what we are, not what we want, uh, and this kind of leading by example is there is something very, and I don't want to say off-putting, but there's something that's very uninviting when a video or a course or an Instagram picture is perfect, quote unquote perfect, is professionally done. There's something there. And because people are actually quite good at listening around the edges, they sometimes don't read between the lines very well or extrapolate very well, but they're very good at listening around the edges. And when someone sees this, these perfect, quote unquote, perfect, these curated pictures and it's perfect course and whatever, when there's like, looks like there's no mistakes, that tells that person, it is not safe for me to make a mistake here. It's not safe to be around this. And so when you show up, and I'm not saying like show up like a hot mess and not care what you look like. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's balance with everything. Like show up in a way it's authentically for you, authentic to you. And that like shows that you care about what you're doing, whatever that looks like. Right. But when you show up authentically, you give permission to other people, whether it's subconsciously, subliminally, whatever around the edges, give them permission to do the same. And that's the realest thing. Cause we're all imperfect. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's just living their lives. And so, you know, Rona has shown this to people and everyone's like, I just, I don't have to wear pants today. Oh, you don't like wearing pants either. Oh, we're both real. Like, oh, your life isn't perfect. So, you know, you've shown up like that from the jump. And I think that that's, that's why you've built what you've built because you've given people 
permission to practice brave. So you're doing it. You're giving people permission to mess up, to be themselves, to to take chances, to to go before they're a hundred percent ready. And that is is life. Right. Because we're we're growing and evolving anyway. So why not like why not take that chance when we feel strongly about something or feel really connected to something or have an opportunity? Like, God, it is we have it our time is so precious. Oh my goodness. People are seeing that, I, I think. Absolutely. And you realize and you're like, okay. I, yeah. I'm not going to do that thing. I'm going to change. I'm going to, I'm going to stop saying yes to all these things that I hate that make me miserable. Totally. Our focus on this other stuff. For sure. Well, we've talked so much about like the hype and the excitement and being brave and courageous. Like, let's talk about the shit. Like, what yeah. do you do when like you're super discouraged or what do you tell, you know, the clients that you work with when they just feel really discouraged? Maybe obviously coronavirus has been pretty dang discouraging for all the gyms. Practitioners have had to pivot significantly. Like, and they just, it feels overwhelming. And obviously there's, there's a lot of loss in a lot of ways. What kind of advice do you have for when you're feeling discouraged and it's not easy to show up and it's not easy to create and be positive? Number one, don't fake it. Be real with that. If you're like struggling Go ahead and say that because I guarantee other people are too. Nobody wants that person that's just like blowing smoke all the time. Right. Number two, I think it goes back to your why. And if you're in it for the reasons that really move you, I think that it becomes that much easier to stick with it, that much easier to move through because you definitely need to sit with the sadness or the frustration, like don't just push it aside. We have to sit with these things and then actually move through them, not just be like, and that doesn't exist because that is not healthy. Um, but I think it helps you move through when you have that why and you're like, no, here's my, my ultimate reason. You know, if you have that, this is also why we said having those safety things, safety nets and such in place are really, really important. Uh, and number three, I think that this is something that, and it may not be helpful for people because they're, you know, in it, but one of the most valuable skills you can cultivate is belief in yourself and belief that you will be okay, that you will figure it out. And part of that, and you know, this ties into what we had said earlier, comes from doing those, some of those uncomfortable things and inching your way forward and doing it gradually, that's fine. Because this way, you know that no matter what life throws at you, you will be okay. I think it's when we haven't really cultivated that skill and that confidence in ourselves and you know maybe haven't prepared ourselves as fully as we, we can we could that we sit in the darkness and we sit in those moments what lifts me out of it and like you know i i kind of hate the question when you go on a podcast and you're like what was your biggest failure and i'm like i've never failed mm-hmm. and i don't say it and to be like a cocky asshole but to be like uh, to me failure is a choice do you view it as a failure or you view it as a way that I learned. Like, it's not a zero-sum game. If they were like, what's the biggest, you know, sports loss? Yeah, okay, well, it's like, we lost that game. Was it a failure? That's, that's a choice in how you're framing it. So I think really cult- using the time to cultivate those, the, that skill set. And so, you know, in terms of actionable steps, because I'm all about, you know, trying to provide with something, what can you actually do, is I do like to catastrophize. And I want to say, what is the worst-case scenario? How would I handle that? What do I need to add to my skill set to be able to handle that and let me fill in those gaps as needed? Or let me just realize, oh, actually, I could handle that. I could do that and then move forward. 
I still think I need to like get some wilderness training. I love that you have put those boys in the, 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 I don't know what it's called, but like the survival swimming school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like you're prepared for these things. Like Mm -hmm. I really do feel that I need to like go learn how to survive. Cause I, I don't feel prepared about that. Like if I had to go, if they were like, I had to leave and go live in the woods, I'd be like, I think I'm going to die. But <laughs> I tell Jared all the time. Cause he likes to watch naked and afraid. And I'm like, I would just, I would I just, I would legit only be naked and afraid. I would not be, <laughs> I would not be me. I wouldn't know what to do. to survive. <laughs> like I would be the show. Yes. I, this is me. I agree. I'm naked and afraid. I'm just sitting here. I totally, I don't feel prepared for that. I can catastrophize and know like that would be a catastrophe. Cause I don't feel prepared with that, but like, with everything else, crew, I'm like, save me. <laughs> I'm like, there's a TV show, right? Okay, I'm out. I'm out guys. But oh folks, gosh. but like now, you know, with everything else with business, I'm like, I, I sat here when Ramona hit and I was like, holy smokes, what would I have done if this hit five years ago when I was, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I can't say I'm in a different headspace, but I think that the, the sooner all of us can cultivate that skill and practice that skill of having the confidence in our ability to handle what comes our way, the better we, the better we'll be. We'll move through things very well. Yeah. I have written on my whiteboard right next to me. I trust myself. That's it. And I, that That's has it. been something that I have had to meditate on this entire year. I always pick like a sentiment. Like last year it was teach me what I need to know. And that was like my mm-hmm. sentiment for 2019. Okay. And in 2020, my sentiment is I trust myself. And I had no idea at the time when I picked that, my own little like pump up thing, yeah. um, that it would be the realest thing that I'd have to come back to over and over. My business has, even outside of coronavirus implications on businesses, yeah. you know, with- You've had a year. It's been a year. It's yeah. been rough. A lot of changes and a lot of like having to really take a step back and reassess what I want to do with this and how I want to do it and who's part of that. And it, it is a lonely- process, but you have to have your own back and you have to have that belief in who you are, what your value system is and what your value system is as it relates to the business that you want. And you, and it, I just, I love that point so much because it's, it's something that it, maybe you're not there right now, but you will be there if you're pursuing any kind of entrepreneurial business work or elevating your career, your efforts, whatever in that capacity, you have to have your own back before anybody else will. I, you know, I, I love your demographic. I have always felt that moms are superheroes. Uh, I grew up in a single parent household. And to me, my mom can, could and can still do anything. There's nothing. And mm-hmm. I watch as moms, and I'm not taking anything from dads right now. I'm just, to me, moms have always been superheroes. And I feel that that's a demographic that can get there. If you're not there already, you already have so many things in your life currently to mm-hmm. show you that you can do this, that you can trust yourself because you, you're keeping people alive. You're holding people's worlds together. Like moms are superheroes. Yeah. We have to trust our track record. You know, it's like, yes. God, we're not supposed to be what we were doing. Be, we shouldn't be who we were 10 years oh. ago. Like we've evolved in so many different ways and we have to trust that we're going to keep yes evolving and figuring it out and that like shit's going to happen and we're going to have to figure out how to respond to it. And it's going to be painful. It's going to like, Oh, 
But like what bothered you two years ago probably doesn't bother you in the same way that it would now. And that's good. You know, like there's so much heartbreak associated with business. Like, and I'm such a loyal person. Anytime my heart gets broken, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I can't recover. I need to process this all day. But you know, you just, you learn to take the punches and to not stay down. That's it. That's it. Sports analogies, man. That's it, man. That's it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. I think we've talked about a lot of heavy and awesome and inspiring stuff. And I think that it's a great conversation for us to keep having authentically because we're still in the, the early stages of what it means to have like an online business and to be entrepreneurial and maybe be balancing it in a way that's not what we grew up thinking as small business owners and entrepreneurs as being. And so like I'm I'm happy that we have grown up in this together, that we have each other. And yeah, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you, man. I'm I'm just I'm honored, I'm grateful, and I'm stoked for all that's yet to come. I, I'm really happy that you uh phrase it as basically us being young with <laughs> this, because that's the only the only way that I'm like young. So I right. really I really I'm grateful that you said that and it's true. It's a, I to me it's a testament to all that's yet to come. I'm excited for for both of us. So Amen. Thank you for being on this wild ride with me. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast and just thank you for doing all that you're doing. Yeah. And let us know, like, where can we find more about you and what you have to offer the world? Sure thing. Uh, easiest place is Instagram. My handle there is the movement maestro. Maestro is spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O. I know it's a hard one for people. That's fine. And then if you want to check my website, it's the same thing, the movementmaestro.com. But Instagram is always the easiest. DM me and I will absolutely get back to you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your brain. All of us listening, obviously, I think just already love you. So if they didn't love you before, they probably love you now. So thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, friend. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are a coach and anything about this resonated with you, I want to encourage you to check out becoming a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. It's an online certification for coaches and trainers, whether you've been coaching for years and years or you're thinking about a whole different career pivot or just a hobby where you want to be a trustworthy person in your community, at your gym, online, who can help guide athletes through pregnancy and postpartum. And you might be thinking, okay, well maybe, but I don't really coach athletes. So remember, an athlete is a person pursuing fitness across a spectrum of interest and ability, right? So if we can coach a really high level athlete, we can also be able to coach the really like average mom who just wants to be able to take care of her kids and do so without symptoms and pain and discomfort. So we really have to be able to coach a spectrum of women through these chapters. And I want to encourage you to consider becoming that coach. Maybe it's the coach that you wish you would have had, or it's the coach that you know is absolutely necessary in your community, in your gym, and you can see the value of this message and information. So if you want to learn more about that, check out the link in the show notes.